0: absolute sports betting degeneracy hey
1: everybody arch here and it is thursday after the main show which can only mean one thing we're talking ufc with james and mason what's going on james um,
2: to be honest, man, I'm a little bit disappointed with the introduction. I thought this was the main show, so that's sort of um, downplayed my hopes for the show. But all in all, I'm very well. Thank you. How about yourself?
1: <laughs> not, not too bad. Not too bad. Always humble, James. Always humble. Such yeah, a I've always got
0: a humble pie right beside me.
1: <laughs> Mason, what is going on, man?
0: I'm doing well, Arch. I'm back here for all my fans out there.
1: Yeah, the the fans demand Mason, so we give them Mason. So James, I want, I want to revisit a topic we talked about last week.
2: Um I don't know where this I don't like where this is going, but please go on.
1: I had posted the question a while back on the DGENS app. Does yes. James have COVID? Yes yeah. or no? It was split 5050. Yep. You announced that I had to eat it because you did <laughs> not have Corona. Yep. Can we can we get a follow up to that story?
2: Sure, of course. Anything for you, son. Um, So basically, I assumed, clearly wrongly, that I tested negative for Corona because I was told if I did not receive a text within 24 hours, I'm COVID free. So I was, you know, I was enjoying myself. I was bragging about it on social media to my friends, to you boys. And then Saturday morning, I woke up to a very nice text from the NHS saying, You have tested positive for COVID. Please stay (laughs) indoors for two weeks. And I genuinely felt embarrassed. I got myself indoors and made sure I didn't respond to you boys all day after I told you. And then we just got on with it. So I can confirm that I do have coronavirus. Here's what it is. I'll have that slice of fumble pie. Um, we'll go on with the show. I mean, yep, I've got it. So to all the people that voted yes in the poll, there you go. You're going to... You should have cashed those tickets and
1: I've got <laughs> COVID Man. So you get are you basically spending a month inside locked up locked up
2: yeah pretty much i've been oh, <laughs> so as soon as mine is up that would have been nearly five weeks i've been had to have isolated for
1: tough <laughs> that's tough dude sorry i'm sorry about that <laughs> really,
2: that is what it is it is what it is i've been i've enjoyed myself kept up to date with work but apart from that i just literally i don't know what the outside world is like <laughs> you know so much could have gone on
0: outside
1: i wouldn't have known a thing Mason, I don't know if I can handle being locked in inside for 5 weeks. I don't know about you.
0: I, I just feel for James's um housemates. <laughs> Why is that, mate? They got they got to listen to you for 5 weeks. To yeah, to
2: be fair, i mean, unfortunately what can you do? That's that's what you signed up for. You've signed up with me for the year. You just got to get on with it.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, there's only so much pornography you can watch. I mean, after a while, it's going to get boring. So, I, yeah, just... my
2: landlady had to ban me from the Wi Fi. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: So I'd announce that. All so right. I'm on data for this one.
1: All right. Let's get into it, gentlemen. We've got some fights to talk about. Main event. We do. Main event Brian Ortega versus the Korean zombie, right?
2: 100%. This is going to be an absolute classic. I mean, you look at Korean zombie on paper, he's fought for such a long time now and he's had a a title opportunity already lost to Jose Aldo but you know ever since that loss in 2013 he's certainly become a better fighter I mean he's won three out of his last four since the defeat to Aldo he hasn't been as active as he should be because after that Aldo fight took a four year layoff and we sort of saw some like resurgence in the Korean Zombie when he defeated De- Dennis Bermudez by a first round knockout fortunately lost to Yoy Rodriguez by a knockout I don't know if you saw that I think that was uh, two years ago now it was that crazy elbow knockout which was like f- a second to go even for the judges scorecard so he could have maybe a the decision I don't know and then he defeated Renato Moicano, again, via knockout. And again, recently, Frankie Edgar via knockout. So he's on this such a great run of form right now. And it's great to see the Korean Zombie. We've seen a new Korean Zombie. He's got a great background. He's a bit of a striker, a knockout artist, but he's got a lot of submission wins under his belt. it would be interesting to see how he competes against a guy like Brian Ortega, who himself is a master tactician on the mat and you, as if you're a Korean zombie you don't want to be messing around on the floor with uh, Brian Ortega because he can submit you the last time we saw Brian Ortega was in his defeat to Max Holloway and that was nearly two years ago injuries have sort of hampered his return so I want to see what version of Brian Ortega you know comes up for this fight because if he's more motivated than ever then maybe he can you know win we'll get him back in the title mix but if he loses where does that leave him Will the injuries pay dividends in this fight for Ortega? I, I genuinely don't know. It's gonna be an interesting one. I'm very much looking forward to it. And as I said, there's there's so many opportunities for Ortega to catch Young himself. And I think the sort of the best way for Ortega in this fight is to sort of set traps on the feet and you know to prepare for the scrambles where he can get the submission. But if he's gonna simply stand up and trade with a guy like the Korean zombie, his technique and his power literally pierce through or take his defense and end the fight in any round really so in this one I think the Korean zombie definitely has the ability to keep the fight standing and sort of pick him apart early on and you know once he connects it's lights out and I'm going to go for I'm going to go for Korean zombie oh by TKO in the third,
0: third round TKO
1: third round TKO Korean zombie excellent Mason what do you got man
0: uh, well, I, I'm not, I'm not sure if uh, Bring Rust is going to pe- play a huge factor in this fight for Ortega, as we know he's not fought since Max Holloway defeat back in almost two years ago now. Like James said, but the the ground game of Ortega, no one can deny. It don't matter how long you're out, I'm sure he's still got it. And I've, as we've seen in interviews over the past week or two, he said that the fire is reignited, his love of MMA has came back, and and a hungry fighter is a dangerous fighter, as we all know. And for that reason, I'm going to go for a Brian Ortega second round submission.
1: Second round submission. All right. So, yeah, it looks like you know, Ortega opened up a pretty, pretty healthy underdog. Plus 160. Still plus 160 now. Green zombie minus 187. Still minus 187 now. I'm hard pressed to disagree with James here. Just looking at it, I would kind of kind of lean towards the Korean zombie here. Um, let's see. What kind of we're catching a lot of plus lines here. Uh if the korean Zombie wins by KO TKO or submission plus 100. So, it's the smallest one possible. Ortega mm-hmm. wins by any kind of early stoppage plus 240 in the third, your James is catching plus 900 in the second, Mason's catching plus 900. So, damn. A lot of money to be made right there in that main event. Either of you guys hit, going to be nice. <laughs> All right. James, I know you're on point with the UFC schedule this weekend. Who do you got next?
2: Oh, for God's sake, uh, Caitlin Chagugian versus Jessica Andrade. Yes. So you've got, yep. Yeah.
1: Uh,
2: again, when you just look at some of their records, as of late, Jessica Andrade in the last fight against Rosenelme Yunus lost by a decision. Shangwei Li was knocked out in the first round, so she's not in the best of spells as of late, and obviously she's moving up uh weight category I believe to fly weight to fight Caitlin Jugugian um on paper. <laughs> I'm probably leaning towards a decision on this one. I don't think we're gonna sort of see her finish in this one with Caitlin Sean she's, she's on a mixed you know run of form. She's doing okay recently she's coming off of a win over Antonina Shevchenko but before that she lost to Valentina. and you know there's no shame in leading Valentina like no nobody's beating her anytime soon. Caitlin she's probably comfortable standing on her feet. She's got some decent striking skills and she's got a very good striking background. She's got a couple of knockouts under her belt. So again with Jessica, yeah, she's probably going to want to stand and trade with her in a way or look to implement her decent submission game. She's got a lot of, uh, she's got a couple of submission uh, wins under her belt, but she literally, she's very sharp on her in her striking. She lands a very, a, a lot of significant strikes a minute, She's got a decent accuracy with her strikes but again she's very like, aggressive going forward and she loves to hit so it'll be a probably a striking battle but if the fight does go to the floor then maybe we can see on she sort of use that great ground and pound that she's got and potentially maybe even get the submission that's probably a path to victory but then again she's very capable of standing and trading with a woman like caitlin chaguga who has showed some aggressiveness in the like, last couple of fights, which does give you some confidence going into this one, but she's very conservative in, a, in her offense and the way she goes forward. So the size advantage might may come up clutch for Chagugin in this one. There's definitely a path to victory for Caitlin on this one, but I still think going forward, Andraj is still the aggressor, has the sort of edge in terms of the power, and certainly has the advantage if the fight goes into the clinch or even on the ground. I don't think, like I said, we'll see a finish, so I'm going to go for an Andrage
0: by decision. Mason? Um, I agree with a lot of what James has said. I think Andrade's going to be the uh, the aggressor in the fight, and I think if Caitlin works her shots right, she can have a good few ca- counter punches. If it goes to the ground, I would um, favor Andrade, but I think Caitlin's going to do what she can to keep it on the feet because, as James has said, she's got, she's got decent striking, and I'm going to go for a Caitlin via decision. Oh,
1: okay. Very good. Uh, Andrade wins by decision plus two hundred. Caitlin wins by decision plus one seventy five. Very good there. Uh, both sides. Caitlin wins overall plus one twenty seven. Andrade minus one forty seven. Just to win the fight mm-hmm. period. So yeah, Andrade is a nice little favorite. What 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 jumps out at me when I look at these stats is that that Caitlin grappling is just abysmal. Let's just honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, her, her view- takedown defense here UFC stats has got lifts. Her takedown defense is at fifty percent. She can't take anybody down. Her takedown accuracy is 15%. She doesn't even try to take anybody down. She averages 0.31 takedowns per 15 minutes. So, I mean, the path for victory for Andrade is get her to the ground, right? I mean.
2: Oh, yeah. She can certainly do that. And obviously, with 20 of her professional wins, seven of them them have come via submission. She's very versatile in her approach. So, if if there's an opportunity to get the fight to the floor and sort of work it from the clinch and maybe, you know, go for the single or the double and get the fight to the floor. She can even get the finish there. But um, hopefully Caitlin's improved in their ground game coming into the fight. She hasn't fought since May. So hopefully she spent that time working on her wrestling and a um, ground game. Otherwise, you know, just could take the fight to the floor very early on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be what she's working on. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a pretty god big goddamn hole in her fighting right there. All right. Uh, moving on, we got Jimmy Croot, right? Yes,
2: versus uh, Modestus Bukauskas, my boy. Oh, this is going to be a hard one. This is going to be a hard one. I mean, I've spoken to Modestus several times. and I, I genuinely love the bloke. I mean, not in that way. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of his. Um, he's won titles at Cage Warriors. He's done very well in the European promotions, Modestus Bukauskas. He sort of, sort of made a name for himself in these sort of promotions and on his – uh, in his UFC debut he won uh, against Mikliardis by a first round ticket. it was a bit of a weird stoppage like the weird the way the fight finished still got the job done in his UFC debut so you know fair play to him and both of these men are big like heavyweights I mean Jimmy six two, Modestus is six 6'3 Kroot uh, he's he's got a a seventy four inch reach advantage that may sort of help him get the fight to the floor because you know what Jimmy Cruit's like. Once that fight goes to the floor, you're not beating Jimmy Cruz. And I think with Cru's sort of orthodox stance, he's gonna obviously come out pushing for the takedown from the get go. I don't know if he has the ability to sort of stand with against a guy like Modestus Bukowskis who you can literally finish the fight in any time he's got heavy hands. He can literally. he's got an impressive reach. He's, I think he's seventy eight inch reach i think so he's got a very good reach to back up his striking technique so it's very impressive so far in his career he's 11 and 2 and again he likes to switch up the style when the fights modestas and sort of confuse the fighters in a way but again modestas has done very well in his last few fights but the one big difference is in jimmy career he can obviously take the fight to the floor it's a bit of a takedown wizard as sooner rather than later that fight is going to the floor and it's just a case of whether Modestus's defense has sort of come up clutch in this one. I don't know if he's—I don't think he's the best on the map personally, Modestus. But he's very good defensively. But again, with a guy like Jimmy Coo, the fight will go down to the floor at some point. It's—you it's, know—it's heartbreaking for me to say this. I want to say Modestus Bukowskis because I genuinely love the bloke. But I'm obviously—I'm going to keep this professional air, Arch, and I'm going to give you a more accurate decision on this one. I'm going to go for Jimmy Coo by a second-round submission.
1: Okay, Mason, do you concur?
0: Um, I don't. I think. I think the. I think Modestus is going to be able to stop his takedowns. But if Crude does manage to take him down, then I, I agree totally with what James is saying. But with Modestus's stand up, I think that's going to be the deciding factor in the fight. And I think he's going to be able to stop Crude's takedowns. And as we've seen in his last fight, the elbows that ended up being the factor that stopped the fight, and that they, they were nothing short of well dangerous. Let's say. And then. We've seen Modestus win multiple times by like elbows, TKOs, all all that. So I'm going for Modestus second round TKO.
1: Ooh, now I like it. KO. So the, Modestus opened up a healthy, healthy underdog. Plus, mm. two, plus 280. Although now he's shifted to plus 260. So it looks like at plus 280, people were willing to back him. There's enough value there crew uh, opened up minus 353 he's minus 324 now so still a pretty overwhelming favorite so the question you got to ask is is there enough value for modestus just to to win the fight and i think mason mason says yes oh, yeah, yeah. yeah
2: there certainly is there certainly yeah. is and i mean I, I know i've obviously backed against him i hope he genuinely proves me wrong because uh, you know i've got nothing but respect for him he's come a long way in his career he's tra- uh, trained with john jones at jackson wink and in his short career, he's been very successful in Modestos. There's certainly a path to victory for him, but it's just whether he can defend those takedowns because eventually the fight, I think, may or will definitely go to, um, go to the floor. It's just a case of whether he can sort of hold his own on the mat, and I, I, I generally don't think he will. But in the striking exchanges, far superior.
1: Crude to win the fight early, KO, TKO, or submission, minus 200. So you still got to put up quite a bit of money just for him to win, you know, an early stoppage. Ooh, so that's scary. Uh, Modestus wins early KO TKO submission, plus 375. Does the fight go the distance? Yes or no? No is minus 500. So it definitely looks like <laughs> this is probably not going to the judges. This is going to nah. get settled.
2: Yeah, it's, it's so scripted, this MMA game. It's scripted for it to be a fest go to the judges, <laughs> now that we've called it.
1: <laughs> nice. We jinxed it, boys there it is there it is all right so what do we got next up the claudio claudio silva
2: yeah claudio silva is james kraus and going into this fight i think predominantly uh, claudio silva is a well-to-weight and obviously this fight is taking place at well to wait james kraus is going to have to cut down a little bit more weight to get to the to the weight class but he obviously is familiar with, uh, well to weight he's fought there several times of his career but recently he's moved up to middleweight and it's going to be an interesting one to see how we can sort of if he is capable of cutting weight which he probably will but his last fight in February was against Trevin Giles lost fight decision that was at middleweight so he's coming back down to sort of more familiar territories in a way so when you look at the pair on paper they're very similar in terms of their approach a lot of these guys have got some mission wins under their belt James Carter's. Heavily experienced going into this one, he's got 35 professional bouts. 14 of them, have come, uh, 14 of those wins of uh, those 27 wins have come via submission. Yeah. So he's very accomplished on the ground. He will ultimately, from the get go, look for the takedown. And he's got a he's got a decent accuracy. And again, same with Claudio Silva and his approach. I think he's he's on an unprecedented streak right now, Claudio Silva. He's very very talented. He's five and zero in the UFC banner don't think he's lost since his debut, and that's gone way back when. So he certainly improve, um, improved in that sort of department. And again, he's got a lot of wins via submission. I think nine of his 14 wins have come via submission. So I think it's going to be a case of really, I mean, both have sort of accomplished on the floor. It's going to be a case of who can sort of edge the striking exchange in a way if the fight does stand or the fight does go to the floor and the ground and pound comes in display um, display, I don't know. Krauss is certainly a balanced fighter who does have some power. But I genuinely think Claudio Silva just sort of has the ability to to withstand Kraus's shots. I think Kraus is going to be the favourite going into this one just because he's the bigger fighter, he's got the longer reach. He lands significant strikes every minute and he's very more balanced. But I genuinely think with Claudio Silva's better you know, take down and grapple him in a way. I think he can sort of stuff those shots and potentially look to get the fight up in the clinch and maybe on the floor. I think this one does go to judges'
0: scorecards. This is going to be a very, very close call, but I'm going to go for a silver by decision. All right.
1: Mason, where are you landing?
0: Um, I, I've, I agree with the winner of James. I've gone for a first-round submission, but I think any any of the guys have the ability to submit each other because they've both got good submissions. And as James has said, well, there's numerous submissions for both guys, but I don't, I don't see it going in the distance. I see Silva ending in the first round by a
1: submission. I like it. Silva opened up plus 150. Kraus opened up minus 175. But that's the money disagrees. Um, so Silva went from plus 150 to plus 135. So he got 15 cents worse. Kraus went from minus 175 to minus 156. So he got 19 cents better. So it looks like as soon as that line hit, but betters were jumping on Silva. It's like, mm. so yeah, I like it. So you can follow James, you can follow Mason, or you could just take the plus plus one thirty-five that Silva wins overall. You're catching a plus line. Uh, they don't, they don't have the props. Here's a spoiler. They don't have the props listed for almost every other fight. So we're just going to have to wait and see what bet, what they set the lines as. Mm. So there we go. We'll keep an eye on that. And when I post your picks, we'll on Friday on the app, we'll, we'll see. But I love it. You guys are taking a dog. I'm going to follow you no matter what. So, (laughs) all right. What do we got up next?
2: Uh, Thomas Almeida versus Jonathan Martinez. Is that what you've got? Yes, sir. Lovely stuff. And these two are very, very similar in terms of their approach going into this one. Almeida's the slight favourite. Not in the best of forms recently. He's lost three out of his last five. Whereas you look at Martinez, he's, you know, on a mixed sort of spell himself. He's won three out of his last five fights. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a, a clash in terms of the uh, striking department, whereby both men, they've got that South Pole reach. And it's going to be a case of who's striking's better in this fight. I mean, stand up again, like I said, both men are very capable on the feet and they both have a high finish ability. Um, I can sort of understand why Almeida's a sort of slight favourite going into this one. I think he has the power edge, but there's still—I don't think there's still some questions that we need to uh, to be answered from um, on Almeida's part. Really, I mean, we haven't seen him fight in a while, and I, I don't know. I think in terms of, like I said, the striking department, he certainly has the edge, but he's not, like I said, he's not in the best of form recently. So he's sort of going to want to sort of come up clutch in this one and potentially look to find some winning momentum in this one, get back in the wing column and certainly, you know, push his way up the bantamweight rankings. And I certainly do think he has the ability to get this one done. I think in terms of the striking um, department, like I said, I think he's far more superior than his opponent in Martinez. And it's, like I said, it's going to be a case of who can catch, who can knock who out first and who can land those significant shots early on. Martinez does land a lot of significant strikes per minute. He's very quick from the get-go. He's got a lot of finishes under his belt. Again, like Almeida, but Almeida certainly very athletic. He's got a good striking background, but he's also got a very good Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu background. He's very versatile in his approach. It's going to be a case of who's going to be the aggressor early on. I'm probably leaning towards Almeida on this one. I'm going to go for the slight favorite. I'm going to go for an Almeida via second round TKO.
1: Second round TKO. Excellent. Mason? I, I agree with a lot of what James
0: is saying. Um, I, I've gone for... Almeida by first round TKO, but I think I think both guys have the ability to defeat each other again, like previous fights. But I'm just going for a Thomas Almeida first round TKO. All
1: right, yeah, Almeida. James alluded to it. A slight favorite. He opened up minus one forty four, minus one thirty two now. Uh, Jonathan Martinez opened up plus one twenty five, plus one fifteen now. Yeah, I kind of like where you guys are at. I'm just looking at these stats, and it looks like Almeida. I would give him the edge. I mean, no, Almeida's had some tough times in his last couple of fights, but I think you're probably right. I'm going to follow you guys. On this one, Here we go. No surprises yet. No surprises not yet. Yet, not yet. What do we got up next?
2: Uh, next up, we got Mateusz Gamot versus Guram uh, Kutaletsi. Is that mm-hmm. who you've got? Mm-hmm. Again, you've got a guy in two very. With two very impressive resumes, as you like to call it, two very great records. You have got Matas who's undefeated, and Guram, who is on a decent run himself. He's eleven and two. I believe he's making his UFC debut. So again, I'm very much looking for this. is certainly one of the, the more ones to watch fights on the un, on the sort of prelim fight. So keep an eye on this one because Gamma is seventeen and zero. He won the KSW.
3: Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back Up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about myBookie: you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DGENS to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Lightweight title in two thousand sixteen is sort of recognised
2: in what well, across the Europe European outlets. One of the Poland's better fighters to come out of the country and sort of stake a claim as a, a you know a very hard hitting lightweight. And potentially, you know, he's going to look for the belt in on this one. That record speaks for itself, really. 17 and 0. Very impressed with him as of late. <sighs> I think they're very similar in terms of their their in their approach. I think uh, Kutalepsi has got to be very, very, very careful. That he's got to keep away from that sort of striking range, and he's very skilled, Kutsalepsy, wherever the fight goes. But he just needs to be a bit more defensive, and he's sort of yet to show his. Superior striking in a way, I just think he needs to sort of throw more in this fight rather than sort of look to make this a sort of slug fest. And you know, he's got the edge in terms of the speed in his hands and his power, but again, we need to see a bit more of that striking. I think, uh, Gamma is certainly a tough matchup for Guram on this on that <clears throat> with this fight. I think this one goes a distance. I think Gamot is very seasoned in his approach and he's very versatile. And I think he's too skilled for a guy like Kutalepsi, but there's certainly a path of victory for Kutalepsi. But if Gamot, you know, right from the get go grinds this out and potentially looks to take this fight to the floor or against the cage, then we may see Gamot take this one by decision. But again, if we can see Kutalepsi uses striking on display, which we haven't seen recently but you know that there's potential there in his striking we've seen that but if he doesn't ex- you know exploit yeah Gamot's approach in terms of getting the fight up against the cage getting it down to the floor early on then it's just going to become a gamut fight so i'm going to go for a gamut by decision i don't think he'll get the finish hmm. i just i'm going to go for a decision i just don't see a way in, I, from my sort of perspective
0: anyway i don't see how this fight gets finished
1: mason is it going to finish
0: um I'd like I'd like to disagree with James, but on this one I'm actually agreeing with him for once because he's he's got the exact same answer as I've gone for. I think Gamrot can do it both on the feet and on the ground, but as we know, the guy is fighting. He can defeat he can defeat him easily. Well, I wouldn't say easily, but he's got the, the ability to defeat Gamrot. But I, I agree with James. I'm going for a Gamrot via decision.
1: Okay, uh, Gamrot is minus three oh nine, so pretty pretty solid favorite uh Garam is plus two fifty. That's kind of how it. That's kind of how it opened. Yeah, it moved around a little bit, but it kind of settled right back to where it opened. So we'll have to see what kind of what kind of money we're getting on the decision here. Looks like just looks like this is going to be pretty one side, <laughs> pretty pretty one sided. I'm going to follow you Good guys to say the least. Yeah. Whew. All right. So next up, uh Robertson. Right, Jillian it, Robertson.
2: Yeah, uh, Jillian Robertson versus Pollyanna mhm I'm so torn in this one. I'm, I've got the winner. I know. I think he's going to win. I, it's just a case of how she gets it done. I'm going to go for a Robertson win. Just for a quick heads up, Poliano I just uh, very inconsistent in her UFC career. I mean, she got she beat some you know low level competition. She got a big sort of step up in competition against Cynthia Calvillo in 2018. Lost fire a rear naked choke, and, you know, a woman like Gillian Robertson, she's very, very, very accomplished on the mat. And it's going to be a case if Patello can get this done, she's got to use her movement well and sort of jab to keep Robertson at bay and use her great four-inch reach advantage over Robertson to keep the fight away from Robertson and not play into her hands because as soon as Robertson, you know, wraps around you and shoots then it's going to be a tough night at the office because she's got a lot of submission wins under her belt, Gillian Robertson. She's 8-4, although Patella has a better record. She certainly does have the ability on the feet and she's got to certainly use that jab to keep Robertson at bay. But eventually with her, she's just going to get the fight to the floor early on. And if Cynthia Calvillo can submit poliana then I genuinely think a more, a more capable wrestler in Robertson as well and a, far superior BJJ expert in Robertson, can get the fight to the floor very early on and make this a quick night at the office, so I'm going to go for Gillian Robertson by our first one submission.
1: Whoa, Mason, you that bold too?
0: I, I, w- I wouldn't say that bold. Um, I go for Robertson's decision. I think she's going to take the fight to the floor in each round. I think she's just going to dominate from there out, and as James says, um, she's, she can easily submit her, and I, I don't know if she will, but I think it's going to go to the decision, and Robertson will take this one.
1: Pretty big shift here. We're looking at the money lines. Uh, Jillian Robertson opened up minus 247. She's minus 211 now, so she's gotten 36 cents better. Pollyanna opened up plus 205, plus 178 now. So whew, whatever reason, it looks I mean, Pollyanna's getting much, much better in her odds, and Jillian's getting worse. So, man, I don't know. Scary fight here. I'm looking forward to see what what kind of lines we're getting on this one, but this shift is kind of scaring me off a little bit. All right. Uh, John Phillips, correct?
2: Yeah, John Phillips, um, Junior Park. Now, when you look at Phillips uh, recently or over his career, he's he's given up his back far too easily for my liking. He's got a lot of... Uh, defeats via submission, whereby you look at a guy like Union Park, he's very well-rounded in his approach. He can take the fight to the floor. He can compete wherever the fight goes, really. And he's coming off of a decision win over Marc-Andre Barriol. And you look at John Phillips, <laughs> unfortunately, he's coming off of a, a loss to Hamzat Shumayev. And again, as of right now, from what you've seen, there's just there's no shame in losing to Hamzat Shumayev. I mean, this man is on and on unprecedented street right now that he's got all the credentials to become a top top star so no shame John Phillips is far 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 superior in terms of the experience wise Jungian Park's got a, a reasonably solid record and again it's going to be a case of if Jungian Park can get the fight to the floor early on then you just not ultimately know John Phillips is going to give up his back and Park can get the submission he's got okay wrestling Park but he's got the ability to get the fight to floor and compete against a guy like John Phillips. is just not sort of capable on the mat. and very sus- uh, susceptible to the choke. Park, he's, he's okay. He's more of a technical boxer. And I think Phillips, if the fight is standing, then he could have the ability to not Union Park out. He's, he's got punches, chance if the fight is standing. But again, with Phillips, although he's a decent striker, he's just, you no, know, he hasn't. he's unable to sort of land those hard shots very early on. And I, I, I don't know this one. I think ultimately Park's game plan is definitely going to get to the fight to the floor very, very early on. Because Phillips, he's got six submission losses in his career. And, you know, once he's in trouble, he's just going to give up his back. So I think Park's best chance is to get the fight to the floor early on. I think he does that. And if he does, then he'll get the early submission. So I'm going to be an optimistic in my approach. I'm going to go for a union park Fire best one submission
1: <laughs> that's optimism huh
2: <laughs> well yeah I, I don't know what the best is saying but could
0: be optimistic i don't know
1: yeah. <laughs> all right mason are you as optimistic
0: um i i'm i'm going kind of the opposite to james i've gone john phillips first round tko and as james said in his last in phillips's last fight he lost to uh, hamzat chemayev and like he said again there's no shame in losing to someone like chemayev who's on the streak he's on i think in any fight, whoever lands the cleanest punch has the ability to knock someone out. And I think John, I've got a feeling John Phillips is going to have that luck on the night. So I'm going for a first round TKO for John Phillips.
1: That's bold. That's bold. It's not quite. Um, it's not quite a uh, uh, Bruno Bruno Silva bold, but it's, it's bold.
0: <laughs> I'm not started on that. Bruno won that fight. <laughs>
1: Uh, Park opened up minus two twenty, minus two fifty three now. So looks like the money's probably siding on him pretty well. Phillips opened up plus one eighty five. He's plus two ten now. So Phillips ended up, you know, a reasonable started a reasonable favorite and is now a pretty or reasonable dog and is now a pretty healthy dog. The thing that scares me, Jesus, looking at these UFC stats, Phillips has what thirty three fights and his takedown defense is eleven percent. Oh, God. oh boy, that's oh. Dude, that's terrifying. Sorry, Mason. I gotta follow James. That's just
2: yeah. you'll, you'll regret it. You'll regret oh, it.
1: Oh, yeah. I reg- I may have a lots of regrets. E-
2: well, e- even on if the fight's standing, obviously all the fights have got to start standing. I think Park does have the ability to sort of absorb those shots. And John Phillips, there's no denying that he's got some power in those hands, John Phillips. But I think Park is definitely more technical in his approach. And again, if you look at John Phillips, and if you're Union Park you're going to want to take the fight to the floor early on because as um, I discussed earlier, his defense and his takedown ability is just horrendous. And like I said, once he gives up his back, you know he's going to give up the fight, John Phillips. So I think Park's best bet is to certainly get the fight to the floor. But I can see it going the decision if both are going to stand and trade because I don't know if who's probably got the power advantage to knock someone out. Maybe Phillips. But Park was definitely more technical to avoid those hard shots. But, again, if I was Park, I'd probably want to get the fight done and Dust very early on. And the way to do that is to look for the submission.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right. So what do we got up next?
2: Uh, I've got Farazian versus Jamie Malaki. So that who you've got? Yes. Oh, this was one I'm really torn on. I, I mean both have got very impressive stats on paper they've got a lot of finishes under their belt and again I think going into this one they're both coming off of a defeat I think Jamie's the slight 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 favourite going into this one I think I think this has just got all the credentials to go uh, to a decision on this one I think stylistically they both match up well in a way and he's got the sort of ability to hold uh, Malar- Malarkey anyway certainly has the ability to hold his own wherever the fight goes he can compete strike him and he can compete on the floor, and that's the one thing you know that's impressed me with uh, Jamie. And ZM, yeah, I, I don't know. I think he's very, he's very young. He's 23, and he just doesn't have that experience yet. He's fought a lot of, you know, he's fought a lot professionally for his age group so far. But if sort of Malarkey can keep, sort of keep up the great strike and the movement, and sort of mix the takedowns, I think he can get the win. Because like I said, Jamie's very versatile in his approach. Like I said, wherever the fight goes he's capable of competing. And that's certainly going to be tough for a, a youngster like Ferraz, who's just, you know, might not know what to do. Because if Jamie's constantly mixing in the takedowns, the, the strikes early on, getting up in the clinch, and again, he'll probably definitely shrug, struggle in this department. And I think CM's defence is just not up to scratch. And Malarkey, certainly, his plan B is going to be wrestling. But, you know, in the striking department, he's capable to hold his own. And in that sort of sense, I'm sort of leaning towards Jamie on this one. I just like the bloke, and wherever, like I said, wherever the fight goes, he's capable of competing, and certainly imposing his dominance on the fight. And for a guy like Frazee, I just don't know if he's going to get the win on this one. I'm going to go for a murky five decision.
1: All right, Mason.
0: Well, well, as we know, we've seen well, J- Jamie can do it. Can stand up on the feet and. Do it on the ground as well. He's got he's got decent ground and pound because I've seen he's got a few wins via ground and pound as well. I'm going for a Jamie Malarkey third round TTO.
1: Oh, both of you. All right. He's gonna win one one way or the other. Okay. Uh Mo- Jamie opened up uh minus one twenty and then just kind of shot right up to minus one forty-two. So nice, nice favorite there. Uh ZM opened up plus one oh five and now plus one twenty or plus one twenty-three. So it started off a lot closer and then once the the guys with the money got their hands on it it started to started to widen. So it looks like people are back in If you guys are both agreeing, who am I to disagree? So, I, <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll follow you. I'll follow you guys. We'll we're going to catch a plus line on this one. We've got to. If it's only minus 142, we're going to be catching some serious plus lines on props. All right. Just a couple left, right? Yeah. Uh yeah, we got is it two, two
0: too left.
2: left. Yeah. yeah, I got two left. Yeah, yeah that's not too bad. We've, you know, done well so far. Um, oh Christ, the next one I'm definitely going to butcher if I haven't butchered already. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh Christ, we got Gazimurad Antaligov, uh, Anti Gulov versus Maxim Grishin. Uh, what the hell? I'm not going to change it. Uh, you know, it's there, it's There. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think certainly from what I've seen so far, Maxim is the the superior favourite going into this one. Um Antelugov is not on the most impressive runs right now. He started off his UFC career very, very well, but uh, as of late, he's on a three-fight losing streak. And one thing that stands out for me in this fight is the sheer advantage in terms of the height and the reach for Maxime. Yeah, I think he stands at six foot three, mm-hmm. whereas uh, Antelugov is five foot less. So that's going to be a tough one in this fight, to say the least. I think... A guy like Maxim Grisham can certainly pick his shots early on. He's very, very experienced. I think he's 36. You know, so fair play to him. He's very experienced all over the gaff. So I'm probably going to lean towards Maxim on this one, even though Antilugov is very experienced as well. I just think on the feet, Maxim certainly has the ability to sort of blitz him early on. I just think he has a solid, he's got a solid defensive wrestling. If, you know, antilugov wants to take the fight to the floor, Grisham's just going to do whatever he can to, To keep the fight standing, and in a way, I think the sheer size advantage is just gonna pave the way for Grishin to sort of outclass his opponent and just (laughs) simply dismantle him. And I think he will get the fight done early, early on,
0: and gonna go for Grishin by first round TKO. Mason, Um, I've gone for the same winner, but I've got a slightly different approach. I think Grishin's gonna take him down. I think he could dominate him. I, I know. We're probably thinking the opposite, but I think he—I think that could happen, and i I got a feeling it's going to happen. So I'm, I'm going for a Christian decision. I think he's going to dominate it for the three
1: rounds. Yeah. Christian opened up a ridiculous favorite, minus 399. He's minus 353 now. I, I don't know if I'd read too much into that. I just think maybe, you know... Uh, the other guy, I'm not even going to try the other guy <laughs> ca- catching plus 310. I think there's probably enough value. you would just throw a bet on him plus 310 and hope the lottery ticket cashes. Uh, but yeah you know, I really looking at these average fight times, grishin's average fight time is 15 minutes. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. you got to fo- in my mind, I want to I follow Mason maybe unless, we're, unless that payout is just terrible, just terrible. I'm probably going to end up following Mason. We'll keep an eye on that. Wise
0: choice, Arch. Yeah, well there you go.
1: We can't always we can't always follow James every every no. play.
0: I mean, you you can't. You mean
1: you, a you can't, the favorite's not always gonna win, James. So
2: <laughs> I know the MMA's a very unpredictable game, but again, you just gotta to to me, me like, if you wanna make some money. I mean <laughs> I know we didn't do as well as we should last week, but again oh, we those did. numbers
1: speak for themselves. We did pretty good. We did pretty good. Well so, yeah.
2: we didn't, you know, get as much profit as we probably should have done. Nah. or could have done to say the least but oh well
1: alright so we last fight we, is going to be a massacre <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> go for it
2: oh, God. Uh, we've got Sedan Magomedov versus Mark Striegel who will be making his UFC debut and it's going to be a tough night at the office for a guy like Striegel who's fighting Sedan Magomedov lost his last fight by a decision to Barcelos and that was back in December 2019 and before that he's got a very impressive record he's 13-2 and you, like you said, you talked about fight times, etc. Said does tend to go the distance. He's got a couple of finishes under his belt. He does tend to go the distance in throughout this fight. Um, for Striegel, I think I, I generally don't see a path to victory for him. He's had a bit of a, a left, to say the least. I think he's got a. If he needs to, he's got to improve his stand-up. I think, from my sort of perspective, when you look at Mark Schriegel. if he hasn't improved his stand-up, then I think the Magomedov is just going to eat him alive on the feet. And I don't know. I think maybe the Magomedov's sort of risk and attacks right, right from the get-go may leave him vulnerable to potential takedown, like Barcelos did. But again, I just think the Magomedov's very defensive. Certainly has the ability to sort of pick Striegel apart wherever the fight goes. I don't think. I don't think there'll be a finish in this one. I just think the Magomedov will sprawl and spin wherever the fight goes and he will be comfortable in his approach, whether it's on the feet or whether it's on the mat. Uh, you've got to feel sorry for uh, Mark Shriegel. He's been matched up against a, a Dagestani killer in a way in um, Mark Shrigo, uh, not Mark Shrigo, said the Magomedov. I'm going to go for Ma- uh, the Magomedov via decision on this one. I generally feel for Mark on this one. He's just an absolute Russian killer. And nowadays, it's very hard to not go against the Russians on this one. You have to back them no matter what, because they will get the job done. You look at the Magomedov's resume or record or whatever, he's a very impressive. was unfortunate in his last fight against Barcelos. But again, I think wherever the fight goes, the Magomedov will be comfortable
1: in the decision victory. All right. Ayson, what do you got, man?
0: Um, I do agree with James on part of that. I think no matter where the fight is, the Magomedov's going to have the edge. I think he's going to be able to take it to the floor, but he can also stand and trade. He's got a couple of TKOs in his record, and I'm going to go for a first round in the Magomedov TKO victory. All
1: right, yeah, uh, this is looking bad. Uh, Magomedov opened up minus four thirty-one. He's minus four fifteen now. Uh, Mark opened up plus three thirty. He's plus three twenty now. So I mean, it, it is getting, you know, it's getting worse said and getting better from Mark, but that's just people trying to, I think, throw some money on a value play, just hoping that there's a miracle. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't read too much into it. This looks pretty bad. This looks like a, a massacre. Of course, you know, I said the same thing, like, well, look, uh, you know, I said the same thing about Jan Blankowicz a few weeks back. And yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. How many polls does it take to make it Arch look stupid? <laughs> one.
2: Uh, yeah, just the one. Yeah.
1: All right. We gotta. We're gonna have to research this and see what the props are because I can't imagine we're gonna catch much of a much of a plus line in this fight, no matter what. No, hundred percent. Yeah, I just don't think we're gonna find a lot of value. This may be a fight we just skip altogether.
2: Yeah. I, I, from a sort of betting perspective, i will probably definitely skip this one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I mean, I was hoping Mason would take a you know a decision win here by uh, Mark, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. then and then complain to everybody that the judges got it wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, Bruno Silva won that fight.
2: not <laughs> matter the scorecard reads uh, differently. Yeah, does matter. Does not matter.
1: Ugh. All right, boys. So UFC Deluxe is James Mason. I'm sorry. What's your Twitter handle? It's at MMA Mason. MMA Mason, and of course they're both over on the Dgens app too. Fucking shit! Every now and, yeah, and then. Yeah, come
0: on. You got to plug that. You got to plug
2: that. Arch. I don't DGEN. think you plug
1: it enough. No, I, maybe I don't. Maybe I, I'll leave it to you. You can plug it for me, James.
2: Well, I mean, I'm a I've, I'm a youthful bloke. I'm 21, and for nowadays, us kids, sorry Arch, us kids tend to scroll through our phone rather than going on Safari, typing in the degenerates. Uh, Absolutely spot de- degeneracy. They have an app now, and um, for for a guy like me and for a guy like Mason, it's certainly. Certainly worth your while because, I, you know, I'm bored of going on Safari and Googling, absolutely what generous, with no disrespect. I'd prefer if there was an app now, and long and behold, you've got an app now. And, you know, it's certainly a great way to connect with a lot of people and a lot of guys who are into their gambling and their betting. And, you know, it's just a perfect way to interact with new people. And I've had it for as soon as it came out because Arch was on to me about it, but I was always going to get it. And I've enjoyed it ever since. It's certainly an easy layout to wrap your head around and, yeah, thoroughly worth the download. So if you're on Android or even if you're on Apple, it's there for you and download it from the app store and,
1: yeah. And, and, and the birds, no as you would say, the birds love a man with the the, the uh, Gens app.
2: Yeah, I think you've got a definite – well, yeah, we, that's how we say it. I think you've got – yeah, because obviously you've invested in the much game, haven't you? Yeah. So that's certainly <laughs> a slogan – for a new t-shirt the the birds love the dj now (laughs) christ they're going to be scratching at the bit as soon as i'm wearing that t-shirt mate
1: um no doubt all right so enough of that commercial (laughs) mason give us your commercial sports sesh that's your podcast what you do with james sometimes (laughs) sometimes do it james
0: i was in a lecture today come on Uh, we take no excuses here james i'll talk about today's episode we filmed our first ever live episode of the Sports Sesh podcast we had Manchester Top Team's head coach Carl Prince on that'll be on YouTube now so everyone go check it out and I'm there every single episode no excuses unlike the co-host who can be there when he wants to be but search the Sports Sesh podcast on YouTube and we've also got a Facebook page same name and to be fair you you get me typing in there a bit but James chats a lot of shit in there so if if you don't want to look into that mute James in the group I wouldn't blame you
2: I've I've
1: even muted myself. All right, so we got the Sports Sesh Podcast. You guys are on Twitter. We got all the UFC fights. Man, that's it. Why don't you guys get out of here? Take
2: care, mate. Thank you for having me on
0: again. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents.